this out. Well, good morning. I think it's late morning, but anyway, good morning. This is uh, Steve here again with Pastor Paul. Hello, Pastor Paul. Hello, Steve. We're actually in the same room today. I'm not in Hawaii anymore. We got back, thank the Lord, safely. And um, from our uh, last week, we talked about, what was that about? Uh, personal idols and yes. that type of thing. But today, uh, as we had talked about a couple weeks ago, we are going to be going part two, I guess, in our discussions on temptation. Now, um, the, the purpose of why are we talking about temptation? We're talking about temptation because uh, Christians need instruction on how to deal with it, how to handle temptation. And, you know, a lot of people just, uh, they, they kind of just fast forward and say, well, just ask God's forgiveness for your sin. <laughs> that, that's good. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's good that we can ask forgiveness, according to 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the thing is, is that I asked the question, I'm going to ask the question again, Pastor. Do, does a Christian have to sin? No, they don't have to sin. I think that God has made provision because he knew that we would. Yeah. Because God knows all things. But to say that we have no choice would indicate that what Jesus did on the cross was insufficient. Yes. So, okay. So a Christian has the ability to um, avoid sin. Now, I, okay, here's the thing. We talked about last time, and this is two weeks ago, so I'm going to kind of do a quick a quick action refresher here. We talked about Jesus, and Jesus, how that Jesus was brought up into a mountain or what have you, into the wilderness or what have you, and then he was tempted by the devil. Yes. Three times, three different things, you know, uh, make this these stones bread because he was hungry. I dealt with his actual personal desires and... and uh, Oh, what, what's the good word for that? Um, his appetite. Yeah, his appetite. the The second thing is is that he they, the the devil um, wanted to use scripture again on him and bring him up into a temple and said, "Well, cast yourself off of this thing, uh, off of this high place, because your Bible says, your word says that you will give your angels charge." over you to keep you and to hold you up so you won't die or anything or get killed. And I'm just kind of paraphrasing. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. And then the third piece was when he was just blatant. And it says, you see all the kingdoms of this world and everything? I will give it to you if you'll just fall, fall down and worship me. 
And that's when Jesus had it and said, you know, of course you shall worship God only and him shall you serve. And But Jesus himself being tempted, there were different flavors of temptation that came to him and the, the different um, maneuvers that the devil would use. Okay, we talked about that last time. Now, what we want to do and we want to focus this time on is how do we avoid sinning? How do we avoid, avoid sinning? And does the Bible, does the Word of God give us instruction on how to avoid sin? Now, temptation is going to come. We know that. Everybody is tempted when they're drawn away by your own lusts and desires, right? And uh, But does God give us a way to avoid sinning when we are tempted? Yes, yes, he does. And uh, I'd, I'd made reference to you earlier that, you know, in uh, my Sunday school class here, uh, I had been going through the book of Romans, and we were in the 15th chapter, and I saw something I'd never seen before. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I've read it, but I just, you know, it's always been there. So it's not new revelation. Let's make that abundantly clear. Mm -hmm. But as I was reading through chapter 15, uh, where Paul, and I'm not trying to get into all the context of that, but... In verse 4, he said, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures, okay. we might have hope. And uh, and when I saw that, when I was, like I said last week, I, I thought, wow, I did not realize that was there. I mean, I've read that before, but it never mm -hmm. clicked. Two things did, uh, that clicked in my mind. Okay. No, number one, that perseverance, encouragement, and hope are tied to Scripture. Scripture. That word scripture there is a Greek word, graphe. Okay. So it, it's the same uh, Greek word that Paul used in 2 Timothy 3, where he said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Okay. And uh, But what also, uh, you know, uh, really got my attention was that it was so similar to what Paul wrote to the Corinthians, mm -hmm. which pertains to our subject of temptation. Because there in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, starting in verse 6, he said these things, and of course these things, he was talking about all the sinful behavior of ancient Israel. Okay. All the things they had done to Don't disobey sin. God, the yeah. judgments that came. He said these things were written for our example. Okay. On who the ends of the world would come. And he goes in to say, take heed lest you, you know, when you think you stand, lest you fall. Yeah. And then he says, no temptation has taken you, but what is common to man, God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able. But, but with, with the, the, the temptation, make a way to escape. A way of escape. And, and what I thought was, how does, you know, I always looked at that and I thought, yeah, God makes a way of escape. And generally I've understood that's. Yeah, you're walking with God, you know the word, and mm -hmm. you, know, you look at Jesus' example. But Paul, using the same type of illustration, says that perseverance and encouragement and hope come from the scriptures. So how's God making a way for us to escape from the scripture? From the scripture. Now, um, there, there are a few things that we want to touch on, especially the scripture here, because when I, I was referring a little earlier when we were talking about to that verse, um, thy word or your word have I hid in my heart yeah. that I might not sin against thee. Yeah, and then that's it was Psalm 119. 
in verse 9, uh, this is how the psalmist does it. He said, how can a young man keep his way pure? And really, isn't that the question that every Christian yeah. has? Yeah. It should be, how can, how can I live a life where I don't sin? Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, you ought to want to please God. That should be the ring of the Spirit in your heart. I want to please God. You may not always please God. No. That's why we have to sometimes confess our sin and sure. God's faithful to forgive us. But, you know, that's why we feel bad when we sin. Why? Because my heart wants to live for God. And uh, so he says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And he says, by keeping according to your word. So in other words, obeying your word. And automatically, somebody's going to say, well, that's the problem I'm having right there. I know what God said, but I find myself being tempted to do something else. So here's a secret. He said, with all my heart, I've sought you. He said, do not let me wander for your commandments. And then he says, your word have I treasured or hidden Hid, in yeah, my heart treasured, yeah. uh -huh. that I might not sin against you. So treasure, and I think we were referring to it earlier, is that there's value. Right. And by the way, hidden or treasured, the ideal of hidden, if you use the uh, Hebrew here, it's the ideal that you take something that's unknown to anyone else, and it's secret, and you're hiding it in your heart. Yeah. So you can also translate that, what you treasure. And, uh, and so there needs to be something in the heart of God's people. Well, let, let, me, let me put this a different way. If you are born again, okay, there ought to be something in your spirit. Because you, if you're born again, you're saying the Holy Spirit lives in me. Yes, I'm a new creature. Mm -hmm. I've had a nature change. Okay, you know the old man has been crucified with Christ. I've got this new life, this new self, mm -hmm. and uh, and so if we're born again, there ought to be an automatic thing that I hunger for God's word. Yes, I hunger to go to a church. I hunger to worship the Lord. I, you know, there, there should be a hunger. And if there's not, then that's a problem. And we can deal with that later. Yeah. But, you know, I can remember when I was born again, uh, you know, as a teenager, I mean, I devoured the Word. Yes. Nobody told me I had to do that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know what God said. Yeah. I mean, I, I started Genesis and just burned up through the Bible. I wanted to know yes. what God said. I'd spent hours just looking at it. And of course, I was going to a church, mm -hmm. and you know, and and I, and I can you know continue through my formative years there. I'm a pastor now, but but I mean, even when I wasn't, I still went to church faithfully, and uh, and so like going to church and and being a getting to a church that has a Sunday school program or a church that has small groups, yeah, something, or you know, and that way you can bounce ideals off of people. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, uh, well, I, I had a similar experience. Went from the age of twelve to fifteen. That's all I did, or fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, whatever. Um, that's all I did is I did. I read the Bible, but there there were other books and stuff that from other ministers and all that that I would read as well. But the Bible, you just burn through that, and. I ended up getting really into prophecy, that you know, prophetic yeah. eschatology, what we'd call it now. And that kind of drew me through my young years to have a desire to go to Bible college and to get my Bible degree, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the, the thing here is, is that what you're talking about is a hunger, is a desire, is an excitement about God's word and about living for God. Now, this is one thing that I'm going to say and that I'm going to ask you about. 
And I, I personally notice that there are people who have been Christians for years, but really have, basically, they look like they've lost the spark for God. They've lost their, their joy. They've lost their desire to, to read the word or it's okay. And I think the word that we used before is apathy, apathetic. God uses a different word. What does he use? He uses the word hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. And you think about what do you become hardened to? Whatever you ignore. Okay. I mean, that's, that you yeah. become insensitive. Yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe if somebody will understand that word, you think about it. Whatever you, what do you become sensitive to? Whatever you pay attention to. Okay. And if someone's saying, well, I'm struggling with a, a sin pattern and maybe you feel bad about doing it. Well, you got to ask yourself, what are you entertaining? I mean, maybe you're not even entertaining the sin, but maybe what you're doing is you're spending a lot of time watching television, you're spending a lot of time listening to the radio, or maybe you're spending a lot of time with other types of entertainment, even reading books. And I'm not saying these things are evil. No. But if you're doing that at the <clears throat> exclusion of hiding God's Word in your heart, treasuring God's Word, well, then there's a disconnect here. And if I'm struggling with the fact that I don't want to do that, or maybe I don't want to go to church like I should, yeah, then you have to ask yourself, are you hardened to the things of God because you've ignored them? The only other possibility is that we've heard the Word of God, mm -hmm. and we've heard it over and over again, but we never did anything about it. The book of James, chapter 1, if anyone hears the word of God and does not do it, do it. he deceives he himself. himself. Yeah. So it's either a hardness of heart or a deception. If you recognize this, well, you can go to God and ask God to soften your heart. You can ask God to help you. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to tell you you're going to have an overnight miracle with it. No. What you're going to do is exercise a little discipline. You might need some accountability. You might need to go talk to somebody about this. And you're going to start getting into God's word. Yeah. You're going to start reading it. You're going to start going to church. You say, well, I just don't, I didn't feel like it. Life isn't about what you feel like. No. It's about faith in God. It's about doing what God said, irregardless of your emotional or feeling issue about it. You just do it. Yeah. And, you know, and that brings up the point, a kind of a parallel or, a, um, um, you know, I can compare this to that, Say if I'm out of wave or out of shape, right? And which I probably am, but anyway. But the thing is, is that they say, well, you need to start exercise. You need to start taking better care of yourself. So you have to get yourself into a routine of exercising. You have to watch what you're eating, this type of thing. And you have to discipline yourself yes. to do so. Now, if you start from nothing... It's difficult to get to that point. Just like you're talking about, if you, you know, ignored it, you've, you've ignored the word or what have you, everything else has become more important. We talk, talked a little bit about this last week about personal idols yeah. and that type of thing, that all these other things are more important to you than uh, reading God's word, going to church, this type of thing. We'd rather take the kids to the sports events, right? And then, you know, not only are we being out of church, but we are teaching those kids to be out of church. Well, what we've taught our children is that that sporting event is either equal to or above me going to a church. Yes. 
and, uh, and, yeah. and that, that's a dangerous president to set with children. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the bottom line is, and, and I deal with this as a pastor I, all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, because in counseling sessions, I've talked about this before, you know, when, when most people want counseling that, you know, they're in, they're in a situation where they need a nuclear miracle from God. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what they need. That's okay. what they think they need. Sure. And uh, so I would say marriage counseling, whatever. Sure. Or someone's just having a real overt struggle. It could be financial. It could be more of a sin issue, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, and they come uh, to me, irregardless of anything, uh, if I don't know them, I will always ask them a question. And I will say, tell me how you met the Lord. And I, if I had a $100 bill for every time, that this answer has came out, I might have some money to buy a car. Oh yeah. And, uh, and people will look at me and say, what do you mean? And I'll say, well, no, I mean, I mean, how do you know that your life is right with Jesus, that you're following him? When was that crucial moment? Yeah. Where you know, all your sins were forgiven and that everything, and the blank looks that I get, you know, and, uh, and then what I'll usually do is I'll share my testimony. Mm-hmm. with them and then I'll talk to them a little bit and I'll try to get them to understand that you know you're one of God's help but what you really need is you need to be you need to get saved yeah you, you need, need Jesus I mean you, you need, need to get Jesus. saved yeah. you need him to be Lord you're asking his help but you don't have a covenant with God yeah. we need to take care of this right now yeah you know? absolutely and, uh, and then when I deal with people that do know the Lord or at least I assume they do uh-huh. I'll ask them two questions I'll say tell me about your Tell me about your prayer life. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, uh, what do you mean? Same thing. <laughs> what and do I you say, mean? Well, tell me about your daily prayer life. You know, your communication <laughs> okay. with God, your worship. You know, you, I'm talking about not what you do at church, but I'm talking about what you do on your own. Yeah. And they'll say things like this. Well, I don't pray as much as I should. I, I mean, see, that's exactly what well, they say. Well, they'll say, I don't pray as much as well, I should. Could you yeah. define that for me? And they'll <laughs> finally just say, you, you get down to it, I rarely pray at all. Yeah. And then I'll ask them the second question. I'll say, tell me about your devotional habits in the Word. And they'll say, and if I went through the prayer thing, they usually just put their head down and they'll say, well, Pastor, to be honest with you, I guess reading it off the screen in church doesn't count. And I said, no, it doesn't. No. And I and then I'll tell people, look, we're in a spiritual war, Ephesians chapter 6. Yes. Uh, we have fiery darts that are coming. Yes. What did you think? You think this was a game? Yeah. I mean, you're not praying. You're not in the Word ever. I mean, what? you don't need God's help? Is that what you're telling me? Well, obviously, you're all jacked up right now, so that's not working for you. So do we want to make a change? Yeah. I'm not a very good counselor. I really not. And I'll just sit <laughs> right, there and say, okay. Right to the point. And, yeah. you know, every person that I've ever sat down with and gave them a reading plan in Scripture uh-huh. and set up some kind of prayer time with them that followed through, you know what happened? Every one of them walked out of their problem. Yeah. Without exception. I have never had anybody. I mean, they're going to church consistently. They're yes. reading their Bible every day. They're we're not praying. They're hours a day. Yeah, no. we're, we're talking about they're reading their Bible every day. Yeah. They they they're having a time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and they come back and say, "Man, it's changed my life." Yeah, these are basic concepts of how every Christian should live, but how many believers either don't know that 
or they just simply don't uh, don't avail themselves. You know, we're looking at, at Psalm 119 here. Yes. We talk about hiding the word in the heart. Look at what the psalmist said uh, later in verse 12. He said, Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. So that's just another word for the, for the, for the word. word. Yeah. Uh, he, he says, uh, With my lips I have told of all the ordinances. Once again, another thing for the word mm-hmm. of your mouth. Lips, that means you're speaking it. Yes. Well, you got to know it to speak it, right? Yeah. And I'm not talking about hyper-confessional, okay? No, We're no. We're talking about saying what God said. That's what Jesus did. Yeah. By the way, every scripture when he was tempted by the devil was out of the book of Deuteronomy. So don't let anybody tell you the Old Testament is not valuable. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, um, and then he says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. Just another way of saying the word. As much as all riches. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a lot. And then he says this, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. And so notice in that context, meditate. And, and the word meditate in the Hebrew is the ideal of muttering the word to out yourself, loud. Or to read yourself. it out loud. I mean, say, it's where we get our English word memorized from. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you speak God's word? We got to memorize it. Well, you know, a lot, most of us were. I mean, most of us were in school, yeah. And we had to memorize things sometimes. Yeah. And how would you memorize it? You'd have to continue to just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, and that type of thing in order to to uh, get well, it in your brain so I, that you could, you know, yeah, pass I, the I, test. I'll give you a, a good illustration right here because I have people sometimes say, "Well, I just don't remember as well." No, 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 no. You unless you've got something like dementia or Alzheimer's. There's nothing wrong with your brain. Mm-mm. And what you give attention to, you become sensitive to. Okay. What you ignore, you become hardened, hardened to. to. And I've told people, hey, look, you've got to give attention to the Word of God. You've got to use your brain. you know, you got to think. Yeah. Uh, here the other day, my, my uh, niece is going to Southwestern, mm-hmm. and, uh, and she was starting one of her courses. And it was funny because they asked her what seven times eight was. And you know what? I used to know all my timetables. Yeah. I used to know them front and back, you know, all the way through 12. I mean, we had to memorize that stuff in school. I mean, even into my adult years, I mean, you just give me something and bam. You know, I don't think about that stuff anymore, and I Mm -hmm. could not what seven times eight was. 56. 56. But I'm just saying it was just like, hold on, I know what seven times seven is. What is I was trying to think add about it, it and, I, and I messed it up. It. But you know, but you know why I'm not as sensitive to that? <laughs> because because it's, I've ignored ignored it, it for such so, such a long yeah. time. And, and the same thing will happen with your Bible. Yeah. If you ignore this, if you ignore going to church, I'm talking about a good Bible believing church. Yes. Not one of these money cometh churches. Yeah, yeah. Or some weirdos like that. I'm talking about a Bible believing church. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, if you, you spend time, you become sensitive to it. Yeah. Yeah. So meditating, delighting, treasuring God's Word, these things are things that anyone can cultivate. Mm-hmm. You may not feel like it at first, but if you'll exercise, you know, some discipline, knowing that the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, He'll help you. Okay. And He'll give you an appetite for the Word. Okay. So, what, you know, we're talking about the Word and reading the Word, because, you know, and the thing here is, is that we have, and I think I, I said this earlier, we have people out there that are in three different categories. I'm just categorizing them. Uh, 
Number one, you got your brand new born again uh, people. People that like just the th those those are the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have your others that have been in it for years. I mean years, but then as you had talked about here. They may have ignored it, but in their heart, their heart in their heart to that word and all that. Now they're still now they're going through struggles. Yes. But then you have the other ones wh who are what I would say the deceived, or else the misguided, the uneducated, uh, or miseducated. I don't know what what term we want to talk about. That individual they they did not get true solid teaching and we're talking we always talk about foundational teaching yes. but they did not receive that foundational teaching and they're they're finding themselves out there and then so i i i hear people say well i'll just ask god's uh, forgiveness later yeah. go ahead and sin and then just ask god's forgiveness later and we had talked about you know, what was that term that you used repentance repentance and repentance is turning it may involve some godly sorrow but godly sorrow alone is not repentance. No. If we don't turn from it. And when we say turn, we're talking about a 180. Yes. Not a 360, mm -hmm. a 180 turn. That means we walk away from it. And, you know, we, we've talked about Joseph. You know, how how was he able uh, to uh, defend himself against sexual lust mm -hmm. with Potiphar's wife? Potiphar's wife. And, yeah. you know, uh, apparently she had been doing this over and over again. And here's here's Joseph. He, he, he had desires like any other man had. Yeah. And, uh, and and we know he runs. He runs from her yeah. because she grabs a piece of his garment. Yeah. And I and I and one of the things I believe, I don't believe he ran because he was holy. I mean, it is holy what he did. Yeah. But I believe he ran because if he didn't run, he was going to fall into sexual sin. Yeah. He's a man like anybody else. And uh, and you know and so there is a point to where. We've got to fear God mm -hmm. more than we want the pleasure of sin. In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about Moses when he refused to be called the, the son of Pharaoh, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions of the people of God to enjoy the pleasures of, of sin, sin for a season. season. All sin is fun. If it wasn't fun, we wouldn't want to do it. That's right. Okay, so if you're waiting for sin to be undesirable, <laughs> well, you're going to keep on sinning. Yeah. Okay. No, we have to overcome it by staying away from it. Yes. Uh, staying away from the things that, number one, draw us into that. So if we're watching okay. shows yeah. that have sexual content in it, and that creates feelings inside of us that manifest in other ways, whether that's internet porn, whether that's uh, other issues dare I say masturbation yes. or other things of this other thing. Well, then we need to quit watching those things and we need to, to back up Yeah, because all men are, are subject to sexual lust. I don't care who you are yeah. and all women are also uh, subject to this under whatever circumstance they experience that. So we need to deprive, we need to become hardened to the things that God doesn't want us to entertain ourselves with mm -hmm. and be around so and, and then make ourselves more sensitive to like going to church, getting in the word, yeah. having good Christian friends, 
you know, in other words, that should be more desirable. That may not happen overnight. No. And that's what I want everybody to understand. If you've been doing it different, if you're a Christian, I don't care if you're a preacher and you've been doing it different, yeah. I'm going to tell you, you're, you're going to have to change your habits. What you listen to, what you watch, what you, what you, the people you hang around, yeah. you're going to have to change that. Because yeah. that's... Because you mentioned a scripture, Steve, in Colossians chapter one, mm-hmm. and it talked about what we were to seek. And what do you remember what that scripture was? Let me see. We're to seek the things above. Seek the oh yeah, keep your set your mind on things above. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and how do we do that? Well, scripture. Yeah. Worship, going to church, having fellowship. How do they do it? How do they do it in the Book of Acts? They went to church every day. You know, I, I think this may be a test for somebody. If, you know, we get, okay, and I'll, I'll just use a comparison with football. Okay, we, we like, um, uh, well, here, what is it? The Longhorns and the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, boy, you know, yeah. when, it, when it comes September, man, we're ready to roll. <laughs> it's, it's season, you know. We're all excited about it. We want to go see them. We, you know, and that becomes, we're so excited about that. Now, if you want to take that excitement and compare it to how excited you are about going to church, about reading your Bible, praying, plugging into God, do a comparison. And here's, here's a big word that we're going to use. Honesty. Yes. Honesty. Be honest. Are you excited as much for God as you are, or better, should we say, than you are for the Dallas Cowboys or for the Longhorns? Or whatever team you like. Or whatever team you go for sports. Yeah. Or maybe you, you have a hobby that you do. Maybe you build trains. Maybe you do this, that, the other thing. Everybody likes to have things that are sure. they do. Uh, maybe you're excited about science fiction and watching science fiction or Star Trek or Star Wars. I don't yeah. know, you know. Uh, and But are you excited better for God than you are for them? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I in fact I got an invitation, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna toot my horn too hard on this because right. I'll, I'll have, I have an addendum to this. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have some family members that uh, wanted uh, to take me uh, to the uh, I guess uh, the uh, Longhorns are playing the uh, uh, West Virginia whatever their team's called. I don't know. He yeah so mad at me for I don't know that, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's only one team in Texas. It's only yeah. Longhorns, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, and I and I am a Longhorn fan. I've I, I have been all my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so he offered uh, along along with his wife to take me in October, uh, which would be on Saturday. Sure. And to to go to a uh, the Longhorn game here in Austin, which we're, we're in Georgetown. We're right in our backyard. Sure. And uh, and I knew. That that was when our podcast was coming. Yeah, and we've already got that planned. Uh, the that. seminar, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it seminar, was a seminar. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, a planned, and so it was no question in my mind mm. what was more important there: the seminar or that OU game. Yeah, and 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 you know, or the not OU game, the Longhorn Longhorn game. game. Yeah. yeah, and so I had to gracefully d- decline, and I told him why. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, now here's my addendum. I've only been to one Longhorn game my whole entire life. I had to stand the whole entire time I was oh, there. And I was like standing for six hours. And uh, and then they end up losing. Yeah. And that was, and then I had to walk 
almost two miles back to our vehicle, I do not enjoy my experience and even <laughs> to think about it. So it wasn't like a big give up, but even if I would have enjoyed it, even if I would have wanted to go, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I don't want to go, but I, I knew in my heart there was something more important. Yeah. And I think if we get into a place to where something becomes more important than our own walk with God, if I dare say even our own ministry, yes, then we gotta ask ourselves some questions. What is my heart really treasuring? Yes, and uh, and you know because my heart is uh, to to God's people. Yes, and uh, for God Himself, but to God's people and to mm-hmm. what we're doing, not just in the church, but what we're doing in the Foundations podcast. Yeah, we take this seriously. Yeah, and you know, we're not saying that it's a sin to go see the the no. Longhorns play. It's just the fact of the matter is, is that that is one of the things that we enjoy. We went to Hawaii for what nine days or whatever yeah. just in the last week. It was really it was a good vacation. It was well, but what did we do? We 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 made sure during our time there we were plugged into um, <clears throat> to church. Well, you know, we were watching, listening to Pastor when he was preaching. We, we wanted to make sure we were doing that, but also we took the time out of our vacation to do the podcast. Yes, we did. Because we, the, the yeah, <clears throat> it was a very nice place to have the podcast, uh-huh. I will tell you that. But but at the same time, <clears throat> that are the things that we, 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 we can have things that we enjoy doing, yes. but they just cannot become more important to us than our walk with God. And if they do, we fought. We what, what? What? We basically set ourselves up to the point where we can fall into the temptation, yeah, and when like, that temptation comes, we go through to sin. Yeah, you know, we we don't take heed because we think we stand, and then we fall. And what do we fall to? Common temptation. And you, do you see the 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 warning that Scripture gives there? Yes, that you have to take heed. Because, you know, God knows what we're made of, and he understands that the temptation is there, there are desires there, and we need to be able to overcome them. Yeah, and, and we've talked about uh, different issues as it relates to this. I'm not going to bring up this ministry again because it's not important, but as I remember, uh, just as a very young man, a minister I respected, who watched endless hours of television and all kinds of programs so he would know how to address the nation, as he put it, uh, in preaching. And by the way, he had a television ministry. He was preaching in big crusades all over the United States. I mean, I kind of get it, but I have a different way of looking at that. I think God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness is through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. Mm -hmm. He's given us exceeding great and precious promises that through these, Peter said, we can partake of of his uh, his nature Mm -hmm. and we also can escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. Yeah. You know, I think God's given us his word. Yes, yeah. And I'm not saying you got to isolate yourself and never know <clears> what's <throat> going on in the world, but I don't need to watch endless uh, hours, hours of, of television TV so or... I can figure out what's going on <clears throat> in the world. I mean, just go to Walmart and you can figure out what's going on in the world, okay? Uh, you, well, we won't get into that. But, but what, I, what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying is, that what is the fortification of, uh, of, of what, what did Jesus use in his ministry? I mean, yes, he knew what was going on in his world, 
but what was he doing? He was hiding God's word in his heart. Yes, he was. Yeah, he, he was, was praying. He, the he, word. he was praying, <clears throat> seeking the Lord. Yeah, he would pull himself away to a, that secret place or to that high, uh, away from them so he could pray. Yes. So he could uh, revitalize. And you see, that's where we need to be doing that. You know, you do have to live your life. Yes. But you need that daily, and this is where we're going to, I think we'll turn around to how often. Daily. And, and you know, and Peter, or no, it was Peter, it was Paul who had given the instruction. He said, I die daily. Yes, die daily. Now, let me ask you a question, Pastor. When Paul was talking about dying daily, what did he mean? He was dying to what he wanted to do. In other words, <clears throat> the lust, the desires, the, the temptations, and what he was doing is, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and in his way of thinking, since yeah. he wrote most of the New Testament, that was the scripture. Whatever the scripture tells me that I'm to do, I'm going to do that. I'm going to preach the gospel, it don't matter whether I suffer for it, yeah. I'm going to share my faith, I'm going to I'm going to raise up churches. I'm going to deal with all these problems. He talked about the, the stress of all the daily church, the daily stress he had with all the churches he had. Yeah. I mean, I, I pastor one church. I can't imagine all the stuff. You can imagine had. all those, yeah. But, uh, but dying daily was just dying to yourself. And, uh, and if what pleases you is more important than you pleasing God, once again, you got to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. And secondly, if you can come to that conclusion that that seems to be pretty much true of your life, yeah, then you gotta you gotta sit there and say, well, do I really know God? Am I really born again? Or if I know that I am, I have a genuine experience with God. I know. Yes. It, yeah. Then there's an issue of hardness of heart. Yeah. And and, and <clears throat> the only remedy to that is that you got to take what you have placed in front of that mm -hmm. and deprive yourself of that so that you'll become hardened to that. And then start taking time in the Word, listening to the messages that are preached in your church, get involved in Sunday school or a small group through your church. Yeah. And uh, and, and what will happen, and once again, not overnight, Yeah. but over a period of time. And by the way, it won't take that long. Most people don't realize how, long, how short it is. Yeah. But if you start doing that consistently, in about uh, just a couple of weeks, you'll notice a major difference in your life. Yes. And what you think about. Yes. And uh, so, okay, so I'm dying daily. I am denying. You know, even Jesus said, a man, if he, want, if he wants to come after me, must deny himself. Yeah. Take up his cross and follow me. Yeah. And there it's daily follow him. Yeah. yeah. Daily follow him. Yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah. I, what I like to talk about on denying yourself is that you give up uh, whatever your preferences are. Yes. Whatever you think, whatever it is that you think you have to have or to do, whatever you give that up, mm -hmm. and taking up your cross is just doing what you're supposed to do, not what you feel like doing. Yeah. And uh, and 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 when we come to church, I mean, what are what are most churches uh, that have problems? I mean, every church has problems, by the way. Yeah. But I'm talking about overt problems, you know, this and that, whatever. It's because people don't deny themselves. Mm -hmm. They want what they want. They won't, I mean, if it's not the right kind of songs or if it's not the right 
color of carpet or you know I've, I've heard people say oh, I can't stand those artificial plants like what difference does it make <laughs> if that makes yeah. a difference to you and you're listening you are carnal yeah you are carnal okay and I, I like you use the term carnal I think flesh yeah fleshly flesh so the Bible, by the, appetites. the Bible talks about that we are, well, we are a dichotomy, right? Yes. We're a dichotomy. We are flesh and we are spirit. Yes. Okay. And I think even uh, John chapter three brings that out. That uh, though that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which yeah, is born, born of the, of the spirit, spirit is spirit. And so the thing here is, is that the flesh, the spirit wars against the flesh. He even gets into that fact that there is a battle yes. in the individual. Galatians to 5, 17. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, the flesh and the spirit are in opposition to one another. And in that context, he says, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Mm -hmm. Now, if a believer stays in verse 17 and doesn't understand what Paul's talking about. Yeah. The, well, let's put it this way. A lot of believers, that's where they're at. Okay. They're constantly not doing what they know they should do, or they're doing what they know they shouldn't. Yeah. But that wasn't where Paul wanted you to be left. He said, if you walk by the Spirit, you're not, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yes. So how could he say in verse 17 that the flesh and the Spirit are at odds with one another so that you do not do the things you wish? Well, he mentions being led by the Spirit mm -hmm. right after that. But then he gets into the real issue, and that is that if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Yeah. I like to think that Paul had an Eastern mind, thought of it different than we would in a Western. I would have thought, I would have started out talking about living by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, mm -hmm. and walking by the Spirit. But Paul looked at it from the opposite end. Okay. But that's a Greek-speaking world. Okay. So, okay. Um, you know, so the real question is living by the Spirit. And how often, how do you do that? Well, that's daily. Daily. Yeah. So what we do daily, so <clears throat> let's kind of uh, look at this as from a daily standpoint. So daily I am reading the Word. Yes. Daily I am praying and communicating with God. Yes. And here's another one. What about listening to God? Yes. I mean, how do I, how do I hear, you know, <clears throat> does God come to me and speak to me in an audible voice like he did Moses in the bush? Well, I mean, I suppose he could, but that's generally not the way that happens. I think there is what Paul talked about, the witness of the spirit. Okay. The ideal, he bears witness with your spirit in Romans 8. I think that's the primary way God leads us. When we talk about a witness of the spirit, that, that implies I'm living in the spirit. I'm going to church, I'm reading the word, I'm I'm spending time with God every day in prayer. You know, I've got good Christian friends. I'm a part of small groups in my church. Yeah. That might be Sunday school or a different ministry. Uh, you know, I'm living in the spirit. So that gives me the ability to be led. And uh, and I believe that's the witness of the spirit. The witness of the spirit is not something overpowering. No. It's just that sense in your knower. Yeah. Sometimes we call that a gut feeling. Gut feeling, It's yeah. that sense of that's wrong or that's right. Yeah, and, and, and we go back a few weeks ago to Cheryl, who was telling us about her, uh, that issue that she had when she was uh, with, the with not having an abortion, the rape, that type of thing. Yeah. And that before she went to that second bar, wherever yeah. she went with that guy, something told her 
Yeah, if you go there with him, you will get pregnant. And she didn't it listen to words, it. It wasn't words, but it was just as real as words. And so I would say in that situation, that was God really trying to get her attention. Yes. And she admits that she was wrong, okay? Sure. She should have listened to that. Now, in her defense, either her church had not taught her very well on how, be, how to be led by the Spirit, or she had not listened very well. Yeah. It could, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about that church. So I'm not mm-hmm. trying to blame, no, of course. blame on of course. Uh, But that's one of the things that we have spent considerable time over the years in talking to people about how to be led by the Spirit and mm. how to hear the voice of God in the sense of how does God speak to us. Mm-hmm. I believe God speaks to us much through Scripture. And, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, you're reading and all of a sudden it's just almost like it comes off the page. Comes off the page. It's not and... new revelation. <clears throat> it's just like it, it's a heart revelation. Yes. You get it and it's like, oh, I see that. It, it's sort of like when I was studying for my Sunday school class last week and I'm going through Romans I get to that fourth verse, and all of a sudden, that just like jumped off the page. Wow. Yeah. And I saw an instant connection to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that makes sense to me. It wasn't new. It was just something I'd never seen before. Yeah. It had always been there. But you see, if you weren't reading that Bible, yeah. it never would come out to you. Right. And that's not like the first time I've ever read that too. <clears throat> It just never drew the connection between it. Never drew the ideal. It never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, uh, who knows? Maybe I, I, I don't even know what that says in another version. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but uh, but when I saw the word scripture, the first thing that crossed my mind was, what are we talking about here? I mean, because he could have been talking well, I mean, well, theoretically, Paul doesn't use those terms. That's more of a Jesus term. Uh, I was going to say logos or uh, or uh, rhema, but uh, yeah. I mean, he does use the word rhema in Ephesians six, but um, but but that's normally translated word, yeah. scripture. So when you're getting into the word scripture or sacred writings or something like that, mm-hmm. you're generally using a different Greek word. And so I wanted to know what Greek word he was using. Sure. And because uh, I'd never looked at it. And when I looked, I thought, oh, graphe. And I understood that immediately. Yeah. I thought, yeah, all scripture. All, yeah, all scripture is, is given by is the God breathed. Yeah. God breathed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, I never saw that parallel either. Mm-hmm. And so it's neat to see. Not that it should be a surprise, because Paul wrote this under the God breathe mm-hmm. moment. Of, you know, I mean, God moved on him by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But we can see how Paul <clears throat> is being consistent in his theology with the Romans that he would write years later to Timothy. Okay. Nothing has changed. No. Yeah, it's always been about the Scripture. It's been about the Scripture. So, <clears throat> as, as a Christian... We need to be in the scripture. We need to. Be, that's the way God communicates with us, for the most part. I mean, right. you know, I mean, if you get, I mean, He comes <clears throat> in in a burning bush. That's one thing, but for the most part, He speaks through us through our, through His Word. Yes, and we need to be in the Spirit. We need to be spirit minded. That the Bible well, talks about being spirit minded. We certainly don't want to ex- to seek out. Uh, having some kind of angel talk to us or mm-hmm. a 
vision or dream. I said, well, God can do that. Well, yes, he can. And yeah. I've had some unique experiences in my life. They're far few in between. I want to make that obvious. Yeah. I mean, that, that obvious statement there. But I never sought those things. I, I, I don't seek those things to, to this day. Okay. I have been in this office where God has invaded it. And what I mean by that is that all of a sudden the atmosphere completely changes and it's like you can hear God speaking. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and what's amazing is almost every single time that happens, it's in relation to scripture he wants me to go to. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the only other uh, differences there is when God's communicated me to me something he wanted. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and it was something bigger than myself. But that's not, I don't want to get into all that. But, but, yeah. what, but what I'm saying is that's why we need to be in the scripture every day. That's why we need to pray every day. That's why we need to be a part of a local church, a Bible-believing church, mm-hmm. having good Christian friends, so that if you do have one of those unique experiences, okay. well, first of all, you can, you can compare it with God, what he said. Okay. And secondly, you can bounce it off of people that may have walked with God longer than you have. And that's the safety that we have. There's safety in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not constraining. That's a that's a blessing. Okay, okay. So for our, our last few minutes of the the podcast, what I want to do is I want to I want to pull out some common sins that people deal with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think you spoke to some of them here, but let's let's kind of recap. That way we can kind of do a focus on them. First of all, sexual sin. Yes. That is a big one. That is, that is a big one. We talk about the very first thing that Jesus was tempted was appetite, his yes. food, eating, you know, well, eating. All of Paul's vice list, every single one of them start with sexual sin. Okay. And there's like eight of them. Okay, so if, if if a person out there, they're listening to the podcast today, they're saying, I'm having trouble with sexual sin, whether it be, now, first of all, <laughs> I was just, uh, we saw something yesterday, it reminded me that God said in his word that a, a man who, anybody who would commit adultery lacks wisdom. Yes. In other words, he's telling them that you're, you're stupid. Right. I mean, that was very clear what he was saying. But at the same time, if a, if a person, man or woman, is dealing with lust or sin, number one, where do you, th- you know, or give a couple of ideals on how do they get out of that, avoid being tempted, or avoid giving into that sin? Well, you know, it depends on what kind of sexual sin we're talking about. Right. Uh, if we're talking about I'm being sexually involved with another person that I should not be involved with. Okay. The first step you take is terminate that relationship. I mean, if you're not willing to do that, anything else I'm going to say won't make any sense. Okay. I mean, you know, if your hand offends, you cut it off. If your eye yeah. offends, you plug it out. I it, mean, it, that, that's the first part. If, you, if you're a Christian mm-hmm. and you are sexually active, or even if you have not had sex, but you're doing things that you know that are wrong, inappropriate, touching, and things like that. You end that relationship. There's nothing to pray about. No. You end it. Yeah. That's bottom line. After that, what do you need to do? Well, first of all, you need to you need to find yourself a new set of friends because you didn't get there by yourself. No. And so, you know, you take an inventory of all your friends and everybody that you know 
And, uh, and if you find unproductive friendships, you know what? You get rid of them. You just quit hanging around them. You quit taking their phone calls. You quit messing with them. If they go to the same church you go to, you may have a bigger problem than what you realize. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Secondly, uh, I would go to a pastor, uh, or if you have a, a youth pastor or, or someone in there, and I would confess my sin. I would tell them I have been behaving inappropriately mm-hmm. and uh, do some hardcore stuff. Now, if you're just dealing with things like, you know, you're watching television shows you shouldn't watch or or maybe you're looking at the Internet or yeah. you're, you're doing something like that, well, let's just stop doing that. Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah. And, you know, get some accountability so somebody can ask you yeah, some okay. questions. Yeah, okay, and this is good. This is what you're saying, accountability. Yeah. You know, the, we, we had talked, uh, I don't know, this is a few weeks ago, we had talked about that verse that says, confess your faults or your whatever, yeah. one to another. That you may be healed. That you may be healed. Yeah, and, and it's, I think the word trespasses there. Yeah. Uh, or false. Uh, yeah, it's the ideal, you know, and then it talks about praying for the sick, and it says if he's committed any sin, it'll be forgiven him. Mm-hmm. That sin is the stuff that was confessed. Yes. Okay, so, you know, they're, 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 you know I'm not telling you to tell all your story to everybody in no, Sunday no, morning church. No, goodness, don't, don't put it on Facebook saying, but, if you, but if you have problems like that, accountability is one of the biggest things that people do not do, and pride is one of the reasons why we don't do it. Of course. Okay, and uh, and the other thing is you 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 starve yourself of the things that fed that sexual lust. Okay, so you have to identify the things that yes. feed that. Yes, starve yourself. Starve it. Yeah, so break that relationship off. Get a new set of friends, whatever, starve it. Yeah. And and what will happen is you, you over time you'll become hardened to it. That means you'll be insensitive to it. Yes. And then take God's word, going to church, fellowshipping with other Christian people, mm-hmm. small groups, Sunday school is a good place to go. Yeah. You know what? And then you'll become more sensitive to those things and they'll become more valuable to you. And by the way, that's Really, the same step that everybody ought to take on any kind of temptation. Okay, that's good. That's good. And um, okay, anger, hatred. I mean, that, that kind of stuff. That, that, we we have a lot of people that have a lot of temper. Yes. If you're dealing with this something that where you can't control your temper, well, then you probably need to have demons cast out of you if you can't control it. Yeah. That would imply much deeper That problem. somebody else is controlling that yeah. rather than you. Yeah. Most people who use that, that's really not the case. Okay. You know, that gets into deny yourself. Give up your preferences. Quit fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, to be right. Why do we always feel like we need to be right? I don't argue with anybody. Somebody comes up and we talk about something. Well, I just don't, you know, I mean, this is what I believe. And I don't get mad about that. Uh-huh. I'll just go back to scripture, and if they just don't want to hear it, I don't talk about it no more. <laughs> they, they, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can see that. A lot of people they want to be right because, well, I look, I look on Facebook a lot, or when I look through the Facebook and stuff, and I see a lot of people want to post this thing or that thing. A lot of them just copy from somebody else yeah. and post it because it, this desire to be clever, yeah, this desire to be important I, I think it it feeds the ego is what it does they want to feel that they have some sort of a up on everybody else they you know or the, this type of thing so they, they want to be clever they want to be recognized as 
and the thing, or they want to be right. They want to yeah. be right. Oh, I mean, you want to talk about right? Talk about the battle, the political battle oh, that happened uh, over the last how many years? Talk it. Talk about uh, when uh, uh, Donald Trump was running for president. Uh, you know, in two thousand, well, fifteen, getting up to the the election. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you mentioned Senator Cruz here in Texas to anybody who wanted to vote for Donald Trump, yeah. Oh, I had relatives that got mad at me over that. You know, and by the way, I voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. President in 2016, I voted for him for re-election. Yes. Because I would have voted whoever the Republican would have been. Yeah. Because I vote for the platform, not the, not the person. Sure. And, uh, but, but I just thought that was so hilarious that it can make people so angry. Oh. They're angry. You can't even have a different opinion. You know, uh, even when uh, President Trump was uh, president and uh, we brought out some... It, interesting issues and stuff like that and, and 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 people would just defend him over things you shouldn't defend him over yeah and and by the way when you what it, it doesn't matter if you're democrat or republican no if if the man in the white house if he's doing things that are wrong and as a christian you know it's wrong because the bible tells you and you defend him that's called an ideologue yes that means you got an idol in your life yes Yes, yes. And we use that word ideologue yeah. as a political term. Yeah. Where do you think we get it from? It's from idol, of course. Yeah, you made somebody an idol. Wow. And, okay, so, I mean, that, that's a good example of anger and, you know, yeah. and that, that has stirred people up. Well, I would ask God to help me. I mean, first of all, and I would get some accountability, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, just, you know, with, that's, uh, I have... Uh, for the better sake of a word, I can relate to this. Now, I'm not one of these people that blow my stack. I'm not that yeah. kind of person. But I can be pushed to a point in, in, that were, I'll just describe the feeling, and this will make sense to someone. I can be made angry to the point to where everything slows down. Okay. For me, everything slows down. I'm talking about my mind. Sure. Everything slows down. I can, there's never a moment where I could think more clearly than at that moment. That is scary. Wow. I've only been there a few times in my life. It scared me so much the last time that I asked God to help me to recognize when someone's pushing my buttons to the point where I get there. Because mm -hmm. I don't scream and holler at people. And, uh, and, and I have successfully, in the last 20 plus years, not been back to that place because when I feel myself even remotely getting there, I back off. To back off. I, just whatever it is, I, 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 you know, God, I don't want to think that way. I don't want to do that. And I, so what I do is I protect that. I protect myself from going there because I know that within my, you know, within my nature, and probably passed down whatever, you know, there is that possibility mm -hmm. of doing something you want, want to do yeah and i don't want i don't want to be there and, well, and uh, it, the thing is is that the anger and all that will lead uh, what does it say be angry and sin not yeah. it says and so there must be some correlation between yeah. anger and sinning yeah we're not saying to be angry is sinful no what we're saying is when you are angry and then you use words or actions to carry out that anger uh -huh. That is sinful. Yes. So the best thing you can do when you get angry is keep your mouth shut. Yeah. 
And if you can't do that, then, you know, once again, accountability, prayer, we might need to go into why is this occurring? Why are you having this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to make light of that issue of a, a, a d- demonic. Yeah, I do. Be, I do believe there are that people that are possessed like yes. that. I mean, I, I well, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I've dealt with some of them. men beating their wives and yeah. beating their kids, and they you know just yeah, that, flip that, out into the that type of a rage. Oh yeah, that that right there is that's not natural. That's not normal. And if you're, and if anyone's doing that, number one, you need to stop it. Yeah. And number two, if you're you experiencing that, you need to get away from that. Well, thing. you you definitely do. Yeah. 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 Because there's no excuse. One thing's I've I've said to a lot of people, you know, you're going to get treated wrong in this life. Yes. There's going to be injustices. There's going to be things that make you angry. There's going to be you know perceived wrongs that might not even be wrong. It's just your perception of it. Yeah. You're going to have your feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Things are going to happen. But no one is responsible for your reaction. That is yours. Yeah. And there's no excuse mm-hmm. for a sinful reaction. No. Jesus, you, you have to own they it. plucked his beard. And one of the, you know, and then when I say keep your mouth shut, what does the scripture say? They plucked his beard and he, like a, a sheep gone to the shear, he remained silent. Yeah, he wouldn't say anything. He didn't talk back. He didn't. He didn't cuss anybody. Fight it. He didn't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and somebody said, well, you know, that's unattainable. No, it's not. No. No, it's not. I've been screamed at. I've had people get angry at me. I mean, I'm talking about to the point of screaming in my face. And I'll tell you, there is a grace that God can give you and a power of the Spirit that is available for you to remain calm and not say anything until finally you can say and speaking very softly yeah. to someone. We talk about the power of God to work miracles. What mm-hmm. about the power of God for you to not respond? Yeah. Wow. That's 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 deep, but that, that's good. The power of God to help us not respond. Yeah. To control ourselves. And there to, is, that is the Holy Spirit's power. Yes. It is available. But who is it available to? The person that's in the Word. Yeah. The person that has a prayer life with God. Yes. I'm not talking about hours. We're talking about just having a prayer life. Mm-hmm. Don't get don't get caught up in all that. Yeah. And I go to church regularly. I'm a part of maybe Sunday school or small groups in my church. Yes. I've, I've limited some things in my life. I'm doing my best to live in the Spirit. Nobody's perfect, but I'm doing my best. There is an access, because, and it's not because God withholds from anybody else. It's because I'm sensitive to it. I'm not hardened to what yeah. God wants me to do. If I become hardened to the God's word, I become hardened to what the Spirit of God wants to do in my life. Okay. All righty. So, let, 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 you know, as we're winding up here, let me ask you a question, Pastor. Do you think it's a good idea is if somebody is struggling with sin, whatever, whatever it would be, and they're trying and they're having a time fighting with it and all that, of course, um, to seek out counseling or discussion or what have you from their pastor. Yes, I think Make sure should. that you have the right pastor. Well, don't yeah. go to some of these whack job. Uh, you make sure that the, the church that you're attending has a pastor that will that is grounded in the word. Uh, they're not money cometh and the, just all up into the, to the positive mental attitude situation. That they actually are grounded 
and that they can they will talk with you and that that type of thing. I, I wouldn't. This is my personal opinion, and so I don't want to project it on anybody else. But okay. this is just me. And I base this in a New Testament concept. I wouldn't go anywhere where I didn't have access to my pastor. Yeah. Or at least if I was in a larger church, had access to a pastor that was, you know, an over a certain yeah. ministry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if you don't have mm -hmm. access to a pastor, someone you can trust and that you can go through, you're probably in the wrong church. Yeah. Or the problems with you, maybe you just hadn't done what you should. Yeah. But but what I am saying is that you know I, I remember uh, this has been several years. This is back when I was uh, doing, um, for the better sake of war, I'll use the word evangelism. But mm -hmm. I wasn't pastoring at this moment for almost two years, and I and I went to a certain church and and I had some issues in my family and uh, and I and I went up to the pastor and I said, hey, is there any way sometime this week maybe I could you know get with you. And he looked at me and said, you mean you want to talk to me personally? This is not a big church. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I just like, what? okay. And then uh, I talked to another pastor who didn't have any time for me. And I remember I told the Lord, I said, God, I'm all out here by myself. Yeah. I remember feeling so alone. And, you know, I don't, I don't wish that on anybody. No. And, uh, and, and so if you, if you can't talk to your pastor because he's unavailable to you, you really need to think about that. Yeah. By the way, I never went back to that church again. No. Uh, I, no. It wasn't because I was mad at them, but I thought, why am I going to go to a church where I can't even talk to my pastor? And it was about a real issue that I had in my family, and I really needed someone to, I really, I just wanted somebody to hear what I had to say and yeah. pray for me. And if they had any kind of advice, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Yes. And, you know, here I've been a pastor for years, and uh, but that doesn't mean I don't need people to talk to. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know, and uh, and so I I just found that strange, and I well, knew that uh, strange is is it sounds like that shepherd didn't understand what they were supposed to be there for. Well, it, 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 it that's the way it, it just you know what it made how it made me feel, and this may not be the intention. It made me <clears> feel <throat> like I was unimportant. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I I just felt like that I was unimportant. And, and you know, and what that did for me is it helped me to realize I don't want any of my people to feel like they're unimportant. Yeah. I don't ever want to feel I don't want anyone to feel like that says under my ministry that they don't have access to me. We'll make time. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's what I pretty much practiced my whole entire, you know, in my whole entire ministry. But but you know, but I don't want to ever get so busy. I remember my dad sharing a story of. My two little sisters uh, died shortly after birth. I'm okay. older than them. And after the, the, the second, first one or second one, he called, and this pastor was one of our relatives. Mm. And he called uh, him, and uh, he said, well, I can't meet with you right now. He knew that this happened. Yeah. And he said, I'm playing golf. What? And I'm like, by the <clears> way, that, <throat> that pastor ran into a lot of problems later on. I'm sure. And, uh, you know, and, and my, I remember my dad. Now, now, he, part of it, that's how he got out of church for yeah. quite some time. That was a catalyst. Now, my dad, responsible for his own reaction to it. Sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that pastor was responsible for his reaction yeah. to getting out of church. And unfortunately, he got his life right back with the Lord. So, but, you know, you got to think about it. Uh, you need to go to a church where you have access to your pastor. Yes. And if you're a pastor out there, 
if you you don't give your people access to you or someone else on your ministerial staff, yeah, you need to reevaluate what you're there for. Exactly, I, I would definitely believe that that they need to reevaluate. And you know, we we talked I was just months ago about uh, the positions of pastor and teacher and all that. A pastor is a shepherd that takes care of the sheep. A, she a shepherd would leave the flock to go find that the yes. ninety nine to go find that other one. There's, there, it really <clears throat> is important that you have somebody that you can talk to, uh, a pastor that you can talk to. Don't put it on Facebook. No, no, you're not going to find counseling on Twitter. You're not going to find counseling on Instagram. You're going, you, you need to be able to plug into your church and to a pastor there. Now, and again, like we say, and I'm going to, we're stressing it one more time. If you're going to a church where that pastor is inaccessible and not helping, find a church where they will find a church where they will. Because that, 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 that's, that, that, that we could go on an hour about that situation. We're not going to, but at the same time, you need to find a church where they will, uh, will help you and, and, uh, and talk with you. Anyway, okay, well, well, fantastic. I think we've wound up our time here today. But temptation, let's, let's kind of reiterate, number one, you got to be honest about where your situation is. If you are hardened to the word of God and, and it's just not that important to you, there needs to be a change of heart. There needs to be a softening of the heart. And that means that you change your heart, go before God. Uh, you need to plug into your church. You need to be reading the Bible. You need to be praying. You need to be uh, plugging into the Lord. Walk in the spirit. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Your, thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. These are very important things that we've discussed today in your battling sin, because you will have to battle sin for the rest of your life until you're, until you go on to glory. Now, the thing is, is that, um, and then, it, like I said, if you need help or you need uh, assistance or whatever, you need to talk to your pastor, somebody that's going to be able to sit down and discuss it with you. Be, uh, what's that word that we used? Um, transparent. Uh, tra well, transparent. And uh, uh, you, you need to answer to someone. Uh, accountable. Accountability. Yeah. Accountability. That's very important that uh, you have accountability that will help you. And if you're, if you're watching TV or you're looking at internet porn or whatever, you need to shut that thing down and shut it off. Um, if you're in a relationship where you're having trouble with sexual sin, uh, you need to cut it off and to shut it down. And then you need to be getting into the word. This is what the, this, the these are all the concepts that we brought out today and uh, to, to help with your war and your your battle with temptation. Now, um, all righty, well, good. Well, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. I mean, we're getting ready. Uh, end of next month, we're going for a seminar, our second seminar, Anatomy of a Christian. We're going to be talking about that. What is uh, the, the subject talks about? If I'm a newborn Christian, the Bible speaks to the way I use. I think I what I should be watching, looking at, hearing, uh, how I should be talking, all of this type of thing. The Bible speaks to that. We're going to be bringing that out in the seminar. If you're in the Georgetown area, please come and be a part. These seminars are free. We don't charge you to come. 
and uh, be a part of it. It's going to be two days. Uh, what is it? Uh, the 31st of, or is that 30th of September? 30th of September and October 1st. And uh, yeah, we're going to be here at River of Life in Georgetown. Uh, we're looking at uh, other things are coming down the pike. So just keep tuning in, keep listening, and God bless you all. And we will talk to you next week. We'll be bringing you another podcast. God bless you.